The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The project is for men that have lost their internal flame and motivation to conquer. It's for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks excitement and purpose. Sound familiar? Then listen up. The project is specifically designed to challenge you mentally and physically. We push you to the ledge of self-limiting beliefs and prove you've got much more in the tank. We kill the bitch and unleash the beast. We uncover the demons that hold you back and turn extreme pain into superpowers to dominate life. In the end, we turn mediocre men into modern-day knights. We forge a brotherhood and bond that levels you up as a better husband, father, and friend. But the project is not for every man. In fact, it's not for most. For men who are okay with being in a rut and achieving less than their fullest potential, the project isn't for you. If you're not willing to put in the work to fix what isn't working, the project isn't for you. However, if you're done white-knuckling it through life, living one day at a time with no sense of purpose, and are willing to do what it takes to improve, the project holds the key to unlocking the next chapter. Graduates of the project join a brotherhood of modern-day knights and become the authors of their destiny. They have their fire reignited and reclaim dominance over their family, fitness, finances, and faith. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The Overcome and Conquer Show. And welcome back to the Overcoming Conquer Show. What a hell of a run, dude. We've made it into the big leagues. You know what I'm talking about, Raymond. You know it. Tell Little me. Captain Ray. Tell me. We're in the big leagues now. What's the big leagues mean? Right here, my friend. <gasps> you are part of it, and we now are part of it. Not only am I part of it, not only am I wearing the shirt logo, I actually got the damn thing tattooed on my hand. I Hell saw yeah, that. you did. I was hey, like, and Whoa. I got and and I'm gonna, I'm Hello, just gonna say it right now because I already told you this. I called out the rest of the crew. I said, "Why does Ray's look so much better than everybody else's?" <laughs> it's like a, it's like a epileptic third grader. And no offense to any epileptic third graders out there, but it's like an epileptic third grader tattooed the rest of them, and if, then you had, you had an actual, an actual tattoo artist tattoo you. And on a serious note, I actually am going to have Tony Franco touch it up. But if we have time later on, I will tell you the story about that with our, our gracious sponsor, Bedros. And I'm telling you this right now, it is hilarious. I mean, it's it's comical. Well, dude, I can't wait to hear it. We will jump into that. But we have made it into the big yes, leagues yes. because the Overcome and Conquer show is now presented by The Project. Boom. What is The Project, Ray? The Project is a 75-hour 
all immersive, literally mental, physical, and emotional beatdown, which is going to make individuals better from the inside out while, while, we, while. while pause, dramatic pause, dramatic pause. We are actually building up your business savvy and sense because you're being taught by Bedros Koulian and Steve Eckhart, who are both big seven-figure earners. Boom. I love it. So for anybody out there, you're going to hear a lot about the project coming up. If Mm. you are a man that is lost in life, and there's so many, there's literally, I'd be willing to bet, you know, there's 330 million people in this nation. Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet there's probably 75 million men out there right now that fall in this category that are just lost. Our guest is one of them. (laughs) 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 Yep, I just called him. Well fled. So, hey, well, maybe we can get him on the project. Woo, but, he needs uh, it. We'll, 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 we'll <laughs> Desperately. We will bring yeah. him in in a minute for yeah. sure. But uh, listen, if any of you men out there right now are just looking at where do I go? I need to get myself back mentally hard. I need to get myself back physically hard, emotionally hard. I need to surround myself with like-minded individuals. You need to look into the project. Get hard. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, well, listen, what, uh, dude, we have been on a hell of a run. We've had some amazing guests. We've been getting some great feedback. I tell you what, uh, Mike Day's podcast, dude, people have been talking. (laughs) Really? Really? What? What I do? (laughs) Dude. I. 27 times? 27 times. I was waiting. I mean, I, I don't like to say it because you only got shot. How many? Eight times. I mean, technically, you're a pussy compared that to him. That is true. That is true. I will, <laughs> dude, I will call it like it is, man. I got nothing on that guy. I mean, I got some pretty big bragging rights for most people out there. But when I stand next to Mike Day, I'm just a little bitch. In my SEAL days, I actually, nothing happened. But in when I got lost in Richmond, Virginia one day, I was actually driving down the road going to a rigor school. We were stopping by an adult activity place called a strip club at night and there were two individuals <laughs> running down the street chasing each other shooting bias so i think that puts me in the same category as you and mike oh by far yeah, i mean wow. absolutely i mean when i set when i look at that if if mike is a hundred and i'm like a 50 i would definitely put you at like a negative 17 and it was like a 38 versus a 22 caliber so it was <laughs> it was big it was big artillery going back and forth <laughs> those are called recreational rounds okay my gotcha friend. all right let's get so, into this let's all right go. listen so today we are honored to oh. have another teammate and friend and uh i tell you what i love this guy as a matter of fact we are linked because of the city where both of us come from, I spent some time down there in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, mm. is where he mm. resides. Ooh. And I went to Boca High for a while. Still got family that? down there. Yeah. But uh, he's an amazing individual. I love hanging out with this guy. Uh, I, I, I will get into his title, but I, we were talking about how do you describe him? And, and I think, <laughs> I think <Holy> shit. <laughs> frenetic, frenetic energy was one term. Uh, he makes me look like <laughs> he keeps doing I am beats. a calm person and I am not a calm person. I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. This is one of my man crushes as far as what he does. Uh, motivational speaker, just educator, motivator. And yes, deaths of fucking mater. Um, I, I have a semi chub. I'm excited to have him here. I've been a long time fan. Um, and obviously on a serious note, I love what he does because this guy, I mean, we have, he, bring, he brings the thunder. He brings more than the thunder, man. I bring Except the boom. He brings it. He brings it in the form of like the Tasmanian devil. 
Oh, Jesus. Like had sex with the Energizer bunny. I literally And then choked. they smoked crack. Yeah. And then they dipped it in plutonium. He's the only guy that we've ever had on this him. podcast that said, hey, yeah, Ray, drink that five energy drink because you're going to need it because I'm getting ready to wear your ass out. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Look at him. He doesn't even show his face. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and uh, you guys definitely need to go watch this on YouTube because <laughs> he uh, graced us with a wonderful attire for this. But let me let me jump into what? this. You're wrong. Today, we are absolutely honored to have our teammate and friend, Mr. David Froglogic Rutherford, a former U.S. Navy SEAL medic. He was a SEAL instructor. He is a behavioral training expert. He is a nationally recognized motivational speaker, and he gets out there and he just brings the thunder. He fires people up with his insane high energy multimedia presentations and his incredible in impact. Uh, companies speak about him coming in and firing them up on all types of topics, handling emotion, overcoming fear, masterfully balancing how to eliminate all those things yet to be inspired from, to both eliminate and to be inspired from fear. So ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce our teammate and friend, blushing, Mr. David V. Rutherford! What you want? There he is. I got it. And, 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 and dude, and all, for all of you listeners out there, you definitely have to go watch the YouTube because Holy if I shit. could describe Dave right now, Just he, he, he looks like Guy Fieri stuck his finger in an outlet yeah. and yeah, donned Elvis glasses. He looks amazing. Just a little bit. You right. gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Welcome, sir. I, gents, I got to tell you, man. Uh, I've done one or two of these things and <laughs> I've been so excited to come on with you two, uh, on a serious note, both of you bring such incredibly authentic and, uh, drive and motivation for people. You care about the people you work with. You care about the people you care about your families first. And you, you both give so much back to not only the veteran community, but to everybody you work with. It is just a, uh, an incredible honor for me to be on Overcome and Conquer with you guys. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Brother, we, likewise, man, we, we, we love to have you. And I'm talking about family, it, it's good. later in the show, I definitely want to dive into because your journey, I know there's a lot of people that know you from Team Never Quit, and that was definitely one of the big conversations we got into earlier before we started the show, the importance of family for mm -hmm. all of us, that and the importance of prostate health. I just want to say that was, <laughs> other, that was one of the other big topics we talked about yeah. at the beginning of the show. You know, Dave actually gave it. a good idea. We should start recording what we say before and after because I won't lie. We'd probably get shut right off the air. Some yeah, of the shit. That, I mean, would. this guy's fucking insane. This shit. It's was the interwebs, Ray. We don't get shut down on the interwebs, uh, although we do. If if we hold a gun up or something, we might. And I don't I, know if we haven't been shut down yet, man. I mean, uh, you know, we get a bunch of team guys on, and it becomes a B fifty two strike. I mean, a B fifty two f bomb strike. I definitely have people write me and go, "God, what's up with the f bomb?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's called a platoon hut." Yeah, no shit. So we the best one we ever had. We had a guy named Jesse who uh, was a Marine, got blown up real bad, lost leg, and he became uh, uh, notorious on the internet because he ran the boss or the uh, Marine Corps marathon. And he carried a flag through the whole thing. Well, Jesse, he's raw. I mean, he's really raw. 
And he came on. We clocked him one time at about, I think we had 22 fucks in one sentence. It was the most <laughs> remarkable thing I've ever heard in my life. I actually had to record a preliminary notice before everybody listened, say, hey, please don't be offended. It's not anything against anything. It's just the way he speaks. And But the guy was so intense and you just felt it from him, man. So I think we just, it's a part of us. Let's just say fuck every other word. That's so, done. That's it. Yeah, Ray's got that covered. I can do that. Yeah, Ray's got that covered. The Irishman versus the Scotsman. Let's see who goes. And, and I gotta say, I mean, you have to have a high level of appreciation for the beauty of the word and those who can use it and such. I, I, I mean, a guy like Jesse, 27 times in one sentence, yeah. like I would sit back and I would just be, you know, as a, as a, as an individual who is an orator and a, a, that has nothing to do with oral sex. I just want to let you know that. Ray. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. Ray I saw your eyebrows suddenly Ray pop up when I said that. Up. Yeah. You got a little excited. I did. But, I, did. Uh, I got a mirror, as, Dave. So as I an individual myself. who is a fan of the English language and how we string words together, I am awful. I'm always impressed when you got somebody that can just utilize the F-bomb in such a myriad of ways. Well, Jay, you're a masturbator, man. And that takes a lot of, uh, <laughs> that takes <laughs> a lot of great craft and uh, it, it is true. to be able it is to true. Put, It takes a lot of you know, skill endurance you know <laughs> muscle <laughs> muscle control <laughs> I love, I love it. where are we so, going with this yeah let's let's get into this i show, don't know man. all right I sorry know. producer ryan is uh bringing us back on track don't right. drag us down ryan so <laughs> let's do it all right dave hey man listen let us jump in i i want to hear what have you been doing what is who everybody needs to know who is david rutherford yeah well, uh, that's, I mean, it gets, it's funny, man. The older I get, I try and simplify that more and more and more and more. Um, you know, like you said, I, I really tried to um, take that, the warrior mindset that was such a part of my life for so long and, and put it in a place now where I can put the rock down. Mm -hmm. And so my big focus in life now is to move over to this kind of teaching component in my life. That's really where my focus is. Uh, I want to get out there. I really want to try and uh, let people know uh, in, ev in all walks of life, all backgrounds, that, hey, man, you, there, you can have strength, but you can also have empathy and compassion. You can also uh, let love be one of the great uh, focal points of how you live your life. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, in a world that's, you know, constantly, perpetually being inundated by the negative insurgency, I call it you know, that we can rise above that and, and love each other. Mm -hmm. We can share with one each other. We can care for each other. And we can, you know, we can walk the way together. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to do with my life now, man. And you are doing it, brother. You are you, and man. have been doing it. I mean, seriously, you are, I like to use the term paving the way for, you know, I'm, I'm trying to follow in your footsteps, brother. You know, I've, oh, I've talked man. to you God offline you, many a times for some advice and man, you are doing it. So my hats, my captain's hats off to you, brother. Well, the, the cool thing I saw late, lately is, you know, and I know what that transition is like going from the work you were doing to, to coming out and trying to find that pathway, yeah. right? Because listen, we're so pre-programmed. We're so wired for this one style of living that when you finally, like, you know, you set that bulletproof vest down and yeah. you're making that big leap, yeah. it's tough to find what is going to make you have that meaning to, to, to backfill that identity. And when I saw you become a part of that project, man, and, and, and 
working with all those guys, I thought it was the perfect fit for you. I appreciate um, it. You really are going to make a huge impact on all the men that go through that. You bring such a uh, a powerful positivity and drive to it, man. It's just, I'm so happy for you. And I, I wish you all the best on it, man. I appreciate it, brother. And what I, a little trivia here, most people don't know this. David and I have more in common than most people would know. We both were seals. Devastatingly handsome. Yes. Um, we're both, <laughs> both small penises. We both, yeah, Scottish yeah, and Irish. Right? Yeah. He already yeah. told me I We put the he two wins. of you together and you've got about an inch. <laughs> that hurts. Um, ouch, Jay. Ouch. I, I don't talk about it publicly, but I'm as, I'm also an avid uh, paddleboarder. I love that. Dave does yeah, that. Brother. And then we have another occupation that we've done in a different life. So, you know, I'm I don't know if I would say I've been following because I think he went the buds after me. But we have. I am right. now. We were in the same track, man. The same yeah, time same, period, the yeah. same group, yep. the same peer group, everything, brother. Now we've been we've been tracking along each other, uh, and this is. Pretty remarkable to me that this is the first time we're actually getting to yeah. uh, integrate together. And thank you again for just, I yeah. uh, just feel real honored. And then you, Jay, man, brother, holy shit, dude. You're, you're, you're the Mac daddy, bro. You are the, you're the guy that, that gives the rest of us the inspiration for. I'm just blessed, bro. Just blessed to still be here. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's, uh, I can't even tell you how many times I've shown my daughters that letter that you posted, man, on a regular basis, wow. man, at least they start bitching, they start moaning, they start crying. And I just say, Hey, hold, hold on. Let me, let me just show you this yep. for a friend of mine. And let me say what he write after he got shot in his face. All right. Let me just show you this. And I read it to him and they just sit back, man. And they're just, they're, they're like, wow. Wow. Well, Dave, you made a point earlier, and I want to go back to that point because I think it's so critical. I think it's one of the things that I know you were out there fighting against. I'm doing the same, and it's so natural, or I don't want to say it's so natural. It's so pervasive, and I love what you call it, the negative insurgency. Mm -hmm. It is the world we are living in now. Uh, social media is just inundated with negativity. Uh, the more I'm getting out there as my numbers are growing, the more I start to get hate. Mm -hmm. People that just want to reach out and just hate to hate, you know, mm -hmm. just say, hey, we don't like yep. you because of this or we don't like you because of that. I, uh, I had a newsletter that went out. I was writing about purpose for people to identify and find mm -hmm. their purpose. And the Amen. subject line of the uh, newsletter was, what is your purpose? And I had a, uh, a wonderfully intellectual individual write back and say, my purpose is to tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so and, and I, I, I had to, I'll be Dang, honest. I was thinking the same thing, bro. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> well, I had to laugh at it for a moment when I read it. And then I was like, wow, that's so funny because my purpose is to delete you. So, which I probably <laughs> did. But the funny thing is, it is the world we are currently living yeah, it in. It is, is the man. world yeah. our kids are growing up in. And, and, and I want to take this in two parts because Yep. The, 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 the first part is this negative insurgency that not only is the world growing up in, we as ex-military uh, combat veterans are stepping into this world when you get out of the military. And it is a hard transition. You are going from a culture of forward-leaning warriors who had your back. I mean, we give each other shit, but at the end of the day, you know... Uh, you know, they have your back. And not only that, mm -hmm. it's this positive mindset mm -hmm. that we will overcome anything. Yeah. And Amen. then you step out into the negative insurgency of this world and you're meeting people who have just settled for the negativity and have just settled for, no, I can't do that because, you know, 
it's just the norm. Nobody mm-hmm. steps up. Nobody overcomes. Nobody takes the hard route anymore. So you have set it upon yourself to get out there and spread that message. And I just want to hear how you are continuing that fire because I know it gets tiring sometimes, you know? It's you grind. Yeah. So I want to hear about that. I want to hear about how you're laying that message out there. And uh, and then we're going to jump into the word of the day yes. because what you talk about, <laughs> the word of the day is everything that I know you're fighting with this. Amen. And, uh, you know, for me, it it really came down to, uh, all right, where am I going to drive my time, right? Because we're all beginning to realize just how valuable time is. And and especially with the tragedies that we're we're, we're confronting all the time. You just shared with me recently, you lost a friend uh, just, what, last week, I think it was, you said. And and, and I lost a friend two two months ago. Uh, I just heard another guy. Uh, from my friend David Corlew at the Journey Home Project, Charlie Daniels uh, thing, mm. a, a guy who'd been through the Shepherdsman Project, and Lana just took his own life uh, this weekend. So, in in the perpetual reminder of of how fragile life can be for us in our our post mission life, right, our our post operational life, I, I needed to find my own purpose, and mm-hmm. I needed to figure out what what that was going to be. And for me, it really drills down to. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I just think there's not enough people out there helping other people realize that pain and suffering is a part of life, but it doesn't have to dominate your, your attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to, Amen. to yeah, right. And where you can learn through a, a sequence of, of whatever influences you ma- might have, whether it's to overcome or conquer or it's frog logic, whatever it might be. There are these tools that have been uh, experienced, these these educational experience from all of us that you can apply one at a time mm-hmm. in, in whatever sequence, and you can begin to help people find a way out of that abyss, out of those ashes, so to speak. And and that's what I spend my time. So I, I'm a speaker. I'm probably doing 40 or 50 events a year. Crushing I'm doing, it. Uh, thanks, brother. I'm doing behavioral and and performance coaching for athletes and and teams. Like I worked with the Green Bay Packers this year. Uh, I worked with. I'm I'm currently working with um, uh, a 16 year old tennis phenom. This girl who's who's really you know on the trajectory on that same level as as that girl Coco. In fact, they they won a world championship uh, overseas uh, two years ago. Nice. Um. And 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 then you know the mentoring I'm doing with veterans that are struggling. I'm working with a veterans project called the Synchrony Program at a Methodist uh, hospital in Houston. Um. And then the podcast for sure. And uh, that's my focus is to try and deliver. Um, content in the midst of all that negativity, in the midst of people and their cultural indoctrination towards chopping each other down to somehow provide a little bit of light through that concept, beautiful concept called love, that simple thing that every one of us possesses that we're born with, that all we got to do is just, you know, wake up, uh, take a breath there, check out our posable thumbs and and say, you know what, today I'm going to decide to spread love instead of hate. And it's that simple. Man. It, it is. It. It's a choice, man. And yeah. that's what I tell people all the time. You have a choice on how you're going to deal with the negativity you encounter in your life. And yeah. you can lash out at it or you can choose positivity and, and bring that back. So I mean, think about how many times just in our, in, when, in our operational careers where we would be in that collective mindset that 
was a necessity, right, for the violence that we, was being asked of us, right? We'd go down range. We've got to be violent men. We've got to deliver that intensity because of what we were facing, the commitment level, of that enemy that we're facing day in and day out. But we, it, you know, you you cultivate this drive within that that focus, that determination, that commitment to one another. And then all of a sudden, that mission is gone. Man, there's a, a lingering ne- negativity within us too, right? We were we we've learned this violent and attitude, and so to replace that with a mission orientation that's supposed to help people that can't help themselves, man. For me, for the first eight, six or eight years, I was so frustrated because I was like, "Why don't you get this?" You know, and yeah, and yeah. I, I I it ultimately drove a negativity in me. And thank God, you know, I, I, I was able to, you know, meet a, uh, an old mentor of mine who's a, actually was the headmaster of the school I went to. You went to book, I went to St. Andrews. He was the old headmaster. His name is Reverend Andrews. And I started going to church in 2006. And man, he's the one that kind of flipped me around and was like, listen, you, you, know, you, you know, what you did before, God bless you for it, but that's not what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn to to acknowledge that people aren't at the same level, and so you can't have that un, unreasonable expectation. Yeah, and 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 having that choice, and it doesn't change who you are. No. I mean, when you have, when you've touched the darkness, when you've yeah. when you've been exposed to evil, and you've you've learned to take other people's lives. I'll be honest, it becomes your first response. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been walking around in the civilian world and somebody (laughs) said something to me and I'm like, in my mind, I just blew his brains out. And, uh, and, and that's a hard thing. People are like, oh my God, you're a psychopath. Well, I'm not a psychopath, man. I trained as a warrior. And unfortunately that became a part of your who we are. Attitude. So it is so much. This. Let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to jump in. Let me ask you, you guys this. How many times in the first few years, like, Ray, you're just new, but, I, you know, being out of teams, it's the same thing. In the f- first few years where you were in that confrontation of whatever it was, and it wasn't even imposed on you, it was just out there, and you decided to be society's, you know, society's police, society's Navy SEAL, and the mission was to knock down some asshole and tune them up. How many times were you in that spot and you're just like, ready to potentially oh, yeah. go to jail, ready to confront this stuff. And you're like, my God, I have a family. There yeah. are people with their cell phones on right now recording this. I can't, I, I work with children for God's sake. Yep. And I'm about ready to tear this kid's head off in public. I mean, uh, 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 multiple times. And, and the thing is, we take that lifestyle and that mindset for granted because you grew up in this warrior community. But then suddenly you start to realize that people are terrified of that. Oh yeah. Not only are they terrified of that, they think there's something wrong with you. Totally. And, And you know, so yeah, I mean, you know, all joking aside, I mean, that's something that, you know, it never fully goes away, but you learn how to, just like you said, it's a choice, yeah. uh, how we how we yeah. embrace the love and how we figure out how do we bring people together instead of divide people and how do we motivate and inspire people despite the negativity. And that's what I focused on. It's what you focused on. And it is what you are teaching, which is summarized today in the word of the day. And I got to say, this is a first for the Overcome and Conquer show because this word is not in Webster's Dictionary, which it damn well should be. It should. <laughs> Mr. Webster, I'm putting you on notice. You need to get your shit together, and this word needs to be added 
to Webster's Dictionary. I think this actually needs to be on the cover of Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> it should. Absolutely. It should be renamed. <laughs> Alpha's going to be Alpha's. Killer's going to be yeah. Killer's. And this so, is where it needs to go. <laughs> so I'm going to, as always, I'm going to turn it over to the captain and allow oh, him cap- to deliver oh, captain, the word captain. of the day. And then we will kick it back to Dave to, uh, to get deep. So just to let the cat out of the bag, I actually know what the with his definition is because I see it here. But I'm going to tell you when when I hear this word, what it means to me oh, from knowing so cool, you. Right? Yeah, so cool, the man. word is, make sure I say it right because it's got more than two syllables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I should have written hey, it phonetically. Yeah. Well, we actually, we put a picture on, the, yeah. we put a picture up on Ray's computer. Uh, don't hate logo. me. <laughs> don't hate me because I'm beautiful. No, the word on a serious note, guys, is frog logic. And when I think of that word, what, what resonates with me is just positivity. It's yeah, energy. Man. It's, Thanks, it's that magnetic fucking force that you have. Yeah, I got yeah. goosebumps right now. It's like I'm getting ready to make love oh, to my wife love for the you. first time. It's you are such a fucking magnetic personality that people are drawn to you. And I mean, dude, you're a tractor beam and I love it. So that's what it means to me. But Sensei of Boom, you. what does it mean to you? Go. So, you know, when when I started this thing back in 2005, when I first started thinking, and it was all based on this experience I had when I was working for Blackwater overseas in Afghanistan, we had mm. I was doing counter drug stuff with the, the counter drug team and the fast teams from the DEA. We had hit this compound in Mazar Sharif, and it was filled with kids. And you guys have seen these, these compounds where kids, you know, over there, they have nothing, right? Yep. I mean, they're literally at the bottom of the barrel, man, in terms of what they have in store for them and their futures. And, and that was so profound for me that it, it sparked this, it's one of my, probably was my third big God moment I had in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it changed me to say, man, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how much, you know, how much positivity I can have looking down the barrel of my gun in this life. And, and it, it is positive in a certain particular asset, but uh, aspect, but it's not in a grander sense of, of what purpose and meaning is all about. And so in that moment, I said, all right, I want to help kids. And, and so as I pivoted to try and figure out well, what, what this was going to look like, how it was going to think, I said, well, how do I extrapolate all the positive aspects of what we are and what our legacy is. Cause I, I think, I think the three of us can agree that, man, there's a lot of aspects of our culture that have uh, a societal negativity to it. It's, it's, it's critical for the job that we're required to Mm -hmm. do, but it doesn't necessarily fit into society's norms at all. In fact, it's on the way outlier perspective of, of what that you know, that cultural normative behavior is all about. And I never forget my first uh, 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 CEO at Team One was a former dev group guy and badass guy. And, he, and we, some dude's got in trouble for, you know, beating the crap out of somebody. And he's, he's like, well, don't do it. And, you know, there's one thing that I've known in the teams is you can't feed a tiger milk, right? And, and that kind of surmised <laughs> this attitude that they, they turn us into these, 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 you know, what we are. So in this moment, I was like, man, I need to learn how to pull out the best of that, that stuff, minus the guns, the bombs, the bullets, the dysfunction. And so that's, I, I I was trying to come up with an idea or a a title for that. And through that thinking to, to teach people how to think, act and feel in a positive way, like a frogman, right? Right. Just to take it all the way back. Cause Man, I know I'm I'm kind of jumping around, but and I I just no don't I remember, jump, baby, jump. 
I, I remember fe- seeing the first time I ever saw those dudes wearing the UDT trunks, those old, you know, two by fours they'd strapped to their feet, the Kmart's round mask, the K bar on their hip, all greased up, carrying 50 pounds of TNT. And I said, and they all looked like they were stoked all the time, man. They all looked like they were, that this was the greatest place they could ever be, right? Mm -hmm. And just that resonated in me. And so I wanted to pay tribute to the frogmen of the Navy. And then I wanted to also pay tribute to how cerebral we all are. Well, maybe not you, Ray, but, but, mm-hmm. but I, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to pay tribute to how you are very cerebral, Ray. I know you are. Uh, I, I wanted to pay tribute to how much we think through the details of what we are and what we are to each other. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Right. It's what we are to each other. I, I spent more time thinking about what I meant to my best friends, to my teammates, to my swim buddy, to my shoot buddy. I spent more time thinking about that than anything else I thought about in the SEAL teams and, and, and afterwards on in contracting too. And so I wanted to bring that cerebral aspect to the tribute of what it means to think, act, and feel with a positive twist to it, uh, uh, this idea, this mentality, this philosophy of living or thinking, and I titled it Frog Logic. I love yeah. that. That's awesome. So I'm going to cut you off. Okay, do you want to respond? But I'm well, going to get I was just going to say, because I, I, I think I know where you're going. I was just going to say, so Dave, obviously this didn't all come. I love the fact that you guys come. read each other's minds, dude. That's so awesome, dude. Well, I, I know this didn't just come to you. Yeah. You know, that there was an, evo- like all of us, there's an evolution of who we are. Yeah, and man. this idea of frog logic, this idea of this team mindset didn't happen overnight. And I think that's yeah. where Ray was going to go. Yeah, it didn't happen overnight. So, you know, remember I told you we've been following each other's footsteps. Yeah, so, um, you know, I talk about me and in, in college having having that moment with God. Um, we have a lot more in common than people think. And this is true. We both played the similar, uh, the same sport in college. Yeah, man. Uh, we both play lacrosse. Yeah, um, brother. We do know that uh, my my awakening happened in in college, um, a night of looking in the mirror and looking in the mirror, and what I saw was my father. That came to you, um, if memory serves me correct, during uh, I guess what your last semester or quarter of college. You yeah. were on a destructive path, which is something that I can relate with, and you had that moment of clarity, which correct me if I'm wrong, happened. Mine happened while looking in a mirror. Yours happened while looking in a laundromat, right? You're walking this. So my fucking question is, and this is a deep question is, is explain how that darkness led to the light. You know, because with me, it was, I looked in the mirror and I saw my father. You know, if you could go back in time when you looked in the mirror, what did you see? And then, you know, obviously, how did you change your life around? Because there's a lot of people that are in that stage of their life yeah, right now that are. need this direction. Uh, great. Thank you, one, for just, I just, it means the world to me that you know that story. And I just appreciate you so much, Ray. And I just, uh, man, you're phenomenal. And I, it, when, I think there's always a moment when we're in our darkest place that we're trying to find light, right? We're, we're yearning for it. We know it's a part of it. And so for me, as I was staring into that laundry mat and, and for me, those moments were times where, because I was an art major with a minor mm-hmm. in poetry, and you know, I, that's I'm a hippie who can kill you, right? And <laughs> and and those moments for me are were times where I would 
it, through my, my, my writing or my drawing that I would kind of ease the suffering that I was in. And it was the suffering of failure, right? I, I felt like a failure. I'd been mm-hmm. kicked off the lacrosse team. I didn't realize my dream of playing football in college. And, and so it was in that moment that I really saw the whole, the emptiness, the emptiness. D- Dave. And, and I, yeah. Hey, man, I, 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 can we back up just a little? Sure. Because I'd love to get into, I'll be honest, the downward spiral. I am a yeah. big fan of just exposing the warts because right now there are young men and even yeah. middle-aged men that are listening to this yeah. that are on that same path, that are yeah. lost right now, that yeah. are looking in a mirror going, where do I go with my life? And and I talk a lot about this, those the end yeah. moments, which the reality is if you're yes. willing to buy into it, it can become a new beginning. And you had one of these moments, Ray had one of these moments, I've had these moments. So I'd love to hear that downward spiral when you finally hit that moment when you were like, it is the end, where do I go from here? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. You know, for me, like I'd started playing football when I was four years old and and played, you know, some years I played on both a, a high school team and Pop Warner for, you know, two years there. And and and, and that was my thing, man. I was a quarterback. I, I went to, you know, four or five quarterback clinics, you know, camps all around the country every every summer. I threw 500 footballs a day. Um, and that was my dream. And but at St. Andrews, my senior year, we went 0 and 10. And I, I didn't get a single offer, a single look, nothing. And so I opted to do a postgraduate year at a school up in Connecticut called Choate. And I was looking at about six other schools and it came down to this guy in another place called Lawrenceville. And the Lawrenceville coach was this guy from the 1940s run, running a crazy single wing teak nonsense. And then the, this guy, Jim Erzik at Choate was like, man, I'm going to throw the ball 40 times a game. I'm like, bing, 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 bing. So I'm going to go there. I show up and there's uh, he brings in another quarterback to this guy, Mike Gerber, brilliant, unbelievable guy, former congressman from up in the Philly area. Guy's amazing guy. Um, and we split time. Now, we ended up being the best team that Choate's ever produced in the 110 year history up to that point in terms of we undefeated our score margins, how we demolished got, uh, other teams. But he only wanted to go to UPenn because his dad had gone there. So he got in UPenn, but I wanted to go D1. So I only got D1 double A's offers. I got a bunch of D3 offers. Um, and so what I figured, I was the national representative to the national uh, high school all-star game for lacrosse the year before. So I, I figured i play lacrosse. We won a champion, a New England championship. I won a state in Florida, then a New England championship there. So I, I got recruited to play lacrosse at Penn State, and I figured I'd walk on. Uh, but when I got there, the freshman quarterback was a guy named Kerry Collins. And Kerry is the specimen of a human being. I mean, he was – just, I mean, God, he, he just, he's played. like Ray. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but, but much taller and much more, uh, much uh, more better. handsome, Wait, articulate, more a little more well, intelligent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much better at everything. Okay. I got frog logic. So I made big yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, today. Yeah. And, and, and Carrie never had frog logic at all. So, uh, so, you know, there was no way I was ever going to play or at least start. And, and what, what we do as children or young men is we cultivate uh, a concept of what we imagine masculinity to be, right? We, we conjure up and our influences come from the books we read, TV, from social media now, from all these 
places from our fathers particular right right and and what what we believe we're supposed to become or who we are and and so mm. you know this this idea that I was never going to be the starter and that I'd always play a backseat to this guy and what I didn't even realize that just being a part of that team would have been an epic experience, right? Yeah, they were yeah. one of the best teams in the four years. I mean, you know, Keith John, Carter, Bobby Ingram, Kyle Brady. I mean, these incredible guys. And I quit. And it was the first thing I'd ever quit in my life. And that failure shattered me. I mean, it shattered me, Jay. I, I, I lost all my self-confidence. I, my fears exploded into these very unrealistic fears. Um, I had no direction, no meaning. Um, and so what did I do? I climbed in the bottom of, of Jack Daniels and, and abused drugs and I was, didn't go to class and, you know, I'm very blessed though. Um, my, my parents, my father had experienced not quite as, as damaging and while he was at university of Michigan back in the day, but he gave me space to kind of figure it out. And so although I wasn't going to school, I was, I was consuming as much as I could in terms of, of reading. And I read, he had, he had, what he had done when he had gotten kicked out of Michigan for a semester for intellectual drifting, the only person in the University of Michigan history to be expelled for intellectual drifting. Uh, and he went to a junior college. <laughs> That's a that hell of a term. Yeah, they made it up. They made it up, right? He read, he made a list of a hundred of the classics, a hundred classic books from the Iliad to Tale of Two Cities, you name it. Um, and so I did that same thing. I read through all hundred of those. I went on to read every philosophical book I could read. I read uh, theology. I read it all, everything. I read about my favorite artists, uh, art history, and I read poetry all the time. And, and so it was in that that I, I saw there's a consistent reality to every human being's life. If, if you want to amount to anything, you have to be willing to accept pain. Mm. And, Boom. and coming, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. You have to. And I had never had pain. I was from Boca Raton, Florida. I had a fucking silver spoon in my mouth, excuse me, since I was a little kid. And, and I'd never known pain. But now my pain was I didn't have what it took. I didn't, I didn't think I could ever um, become the man that I had imagined I needed to become. And I had this profound fear of death. I had this profound fear of of, of, of facing fear of, of understanding it. And so in that aha moment that Ray was talking about and that emptiness and seeing the reflection of nothing almost, um, luckily my freshman year, uh, the guy who lived next door to me, uh, named Tony Gronsky from Scranton PA had given me my first ever book on Navy SEALs and SEALs from Vietnam, the men with green faces. And I knew, I like, I knew all about green berets and Rangers and, you know, uh, from the time I was like 12 years old. And I was the kid that, you know, had all the best army gear, the best face paint. I knew how to do tiger stripe shit. I knew that, I knew what Mac V. Sog was, man. I was that kid wearing the ninja uniforms, you know, playing, you know, crazy ding dong ditch all over the place, right? And, uh, but I didn't know it about SEALs. And so that freshman year, he gave me this book. He said, hey, you know, they called me Elvis. They go, he goes, Elvis, read this book, man. And I read that thing cover to cover. And I was like, holy shit. So fast forward is like hyperlink to that moment. I'm sitting there. I wrote down, I said, I, well, I need to be objective. And, you know, I couldn't stay in school because I hated the, I hate the, the program, the art program. Mm -hmm. I could, I, I had this 
other bizarre fascination with tattoos and motorcycles. I had like one shitty tattoo and I had, you know, <laughs> and I'd never ridden a bike before in my life. So had a scooter. I, yeah. Like not even bro. I had like an ATC, one of those old three wheelers when I was a kid, but I'd never ridden a motorcycle. So I figured I'd move to LA and get a tattoo apprenticeship and try and do that. And I was like, I'd be dead in like six months. And, and then the third was, I, I was going to drop out of school and join the SEAL teams to become a part of that culture. And, and, and it was because I knew that was the one place the program, the culture was so focused in delivering and applying that pain that that was what I needed. That was the anvil I needed to be beaten upon. I love it. You know, I, I love the uh, stories of how guys make their way into the teams because yeah. it's so awesome. diversified. I mean, like me, I was young, man. I was 14 and I chose that path and I never looked off it. But there's so many guys like you that have, you know, you had this rock bottom moment and you literally went out on a soul search to figure yeah. out where do I go? And the warrior way called you. Uh, Mark Devine's like that. He, yeah. he, he oh, hit my God. a- I love Mark's story. Oh, man. Commander Devine. We don't call him Mark. Yeah. So, he is divine. I, I call him. I call him. Mark, you can. Right? We can. <laughs> Come on. You're the captain. You so you were only 14 when we went through butts? So, yeah, <laughs> I was only 14. Holy shit. Yeah, I thought that's there was why an age was, requirement. That's, I didn't know. That's why it was so wow, easy. That, to, that's why it that's, was so easy to carry me. I was like a small child. He <laughs> said it. He said it. I carried him. You've heard this live. <laughs> so, uh, but then there are others who uh, maybe they haven't hit rock bottom, but they just, they had this change. I had a friend who worked on Wall Street and one day he was just like, he was tired of the grind and he walked by the recruiting office and suddenly decided he walked in and was like, I'm making a change in my life. And he was like, Hey, I want to join the Navy. And they were like, well, we have these guys called seals. It. And he was like, how about, how about circus? How about Nate Von Uhl, man? Fucking circus grew up in a circus his whole life. <laughs> That's so awesome. Dude. I, I would run away and join the circus. There's no doubt about it. So <laughs> someday. I, I got I two like things I want to add. Cause I got to, I got Ryan, you yeah. are in the circus. Yeah. Two things I got to add. First and foremost, my wife actually just said, Tell Dave Rutherford I said hi. So question number one is, by the way, why the does way, my wife my favorite, know who the fuck hold you on, are? Hold on. My favorite videos that you post on your, is your wife having fun dancing? <laughs> oh, dude. Are by we far were just talking about that yeah. the other day. The best post in the world because you guys look so happy. We just, you, you know what? We, we are and we, and. Well, and she's also an incredibly hot blonde. Yeah. yeah. Dancing yeah. She, she can shake her ass. Hey, listen, I call it like it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trust me. If my wife was dancing on there, I guarantee I'd be yeah. getting lots my of My wife too. loves you and Dan Licardo for some freaking reason. I don't know why. And she's always like, I'll oh, tell Dan and Dave. I said, hi. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, is there something we, we need to know? Is there, no, no, bro. Okay. You're good. Man, and number good. two, I want to tell people about, there's a, a legend in the SEAL teams, and then we'll move on real quick. It's called the Frogman's Curse. Now, I'm not going to get into <laughs> names or anything, but I don't know what you did to piss off. And again, it's a blessing, guys. This is a joke. This is a joke. Blessing. <laughs> but they usually say that when a frogman gets the curse, he gets one daughter. Jay, how many do you have? I have two. I have one. <laughs> Dave, how many daughters do you have? <laughs> I have quattro. Four. He has four daughters. You did something yeah, to somebody, man. and they said, you know what? We are going to give you a heart attack from the minute the first one is born for the rest of your life. So God bless right. you because you have a beautiful family. Thank you, man. All right. You ready for this? All right. I'm so ready. 
you know, you, you move into this space and it's absolutely, you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to parent? How am I going to influence? What am I going to do to these young men that come over to court my daughters? And man, every time I'm on the road and I meet somebody that has, you know, three, four, five daughters, six daughters I've met before, I always, you know, what, 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 what's your best advice? And they're like, you're the Navy SEAL, man. Have your guns out. Have some torture chair. Get your, uh, get yeah. your waterboarding shit out. And, <laughs> you know, and then, and I'm like, oh, that's all. That's great. Ha ha ha. And, and it's like, and then I found this guy who ran a bank in Memphis, Tennessee. I was out there doing a gig and I said, you know, I was on a pre-call with him and I, uh, and I said, sir, you know, what do you, what do you do? And he goes, well, let me tell you, son, the first two, I, you know, I, I thought I'd do that. I had my shotguns out and I'd try and scare the bejesus out of them. And, and <laughs> they went out and they dated the worst MFs on the planet, man. Drug dealers, mm-hmm. bad dudes just killed me. And so I finally went to my pastor and I said, Hey, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? He goes, well, what are you doing? He tells him the guy breaks out laughing, right? <laughs> you idiot. And he said, Hey man, try this. When these boys come over, instead of trying to scare them, sit down and pray with them and sit down and, and Amen. put them Amen. next to you and pray on them and try and guide them in their faith and guide them to understand how much God loves that your daughter and how much you love and how valuable they are and try and instill that faith and that value in them and guide them to become better men for your daughter. And so that's my approach, bro. And, and David, David, spot on, man. I, I had the same thing, you know, friends of mine with daughters, fellow team guys would be like, I'm going to chain her to the bed. She's never going to leave the house. I'm, I'm going to have all these guns. And I used to make all those jokes. I used to make all those jokes yeah. with my daughters when they were growing up, you know, and uh, it backfired on me. I quickly yeah, yeah. learned my 14, my oldest daughter, when she was 14, like lost her mind and they would never, they never wanted to bring anyone to yep. the house. Cause they, they were like, dad, you intimidate people, you know, uh, all, you know, all the boys are afraid. They don't yep. want to come over and meet you. And I was yeah. like, this isn't what I want. Yeah, I want yeah. to communicate with you. I want to meet these people. I want to get to know them. And, uh, so really I changed and I was like, uh, I, I, I am all about Joking. communication. What'd I'm you all- do, Jay? How'd you, what, what would like the first steps you did to change? I just told my daughter, I said, listen, you know, it's my job as a parent to raise you to be a, an adult and to make good decisions out Mm -hmm. in the world. And, and in order to do that as a teenager, you're going to have to get out and make those decisions. Mm -hmm. So between the ages of, you know, starting around 15, 16, you're going to have to let your kids get out there and make decisions. And sometimes they're going to make bad decisions. Sometimes they're going to date people that you disagree with. And we went down that road with my daughter. But uh, we never crossed the line of saying absolutely not. I mean, if we had reached a point where I felt like she was in danger, yeah, we yeah. would have crossed that line. But I kind of, we stayed very close. We watched and I just communicated her with her all the time. And I always would tell her, and even to this day, I tell her, I, I trust you. I love you. Yeah. I believe in you. Make yeah, good decisions. Man, that's awesome. And, and, and that has played a huge thing. And I try and explain that to other parents. I mean, that is your job as a parent. So Yeah, that guy that he was talking about still missing, the young man that he dated. <laughs> but, you know, my daughter's 11 and doing the same thing. She's starting to like boys and yep. she doesn't feel comfortable talking to daddy. And me and my wife yeah. actually sat her down and said, listen, you know, I tell her, 
Daddy is the, the first and hopefully your, your last line of defense of who you can trust as a man. And I'm trying to teach her the qualities. And, you know, I open yes, a car, friend. I open a car yeah, door for her. She expects that, you know, a boy should bring you flowers. He should do this and that. And you need to be able to talk to daddy about things like this. Because I don't want my daughter to go through things and get pressured into something because she felt scared to talk yeah. to me about it. I told her anything that you want to talk to me about, we can handle together. And all I do is reinforce that daily. Like, Hey, there's a boy it. in school. She likes, I can't say his name. I don't want to do that. But how did it go today? Did you talk to him? It used to be daddy. And now it's no, we didn't talk today or yes, we did. So it's gradual you're, steps. You're inching it. Incremental. Yeah. Incremental. Bro. Yeah. And Dave, listen, man. So that rolls us right into family and the importance of family. I know family is so important for Ray and I, you know, I talk about at the end of the, you know, the end of this life. And, and as a guy who lay on the battlefield bleeding out, I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about my stuff. I didn't care about how much money was in my account. You know, all these people out there are so focused on things and things are great. But in the end, you're not going to give a shit about that stuff. All you're going to care about is the people you love and how you wish you could only have a couple more minutes with them. So you recently kind of had, once again, a little bit of an epiphany moment in your life where you were like, I've got to put my family first. And and it's it's kind of a big deal because a lot of people listening right now are like, oh my God, Rut was on Team Never Quit. Like, yeah, what happened? Man. And uh, so why don't you tell everybody how you came to this moment? It's funny that you bring it up like that. So, you know, just recently we went through a whole, you know, after after doing TNQP for, uh, you know, three and a half, almost four years, uh, and then walking away, and I'll tell the story here in a second, but calling me back to my own business, I'd been neglected Frog Logic for the entire time. And so we've just gone through this whole overhaul, new website or whatever. And so when I'm working my, with my new web designer guy, he's going through and he's doing all these search engines for all, all you know, me, my name and all that stuff. And he says, you know what the second biggest thing behind Frog Logic is? He goes, why did Rut leave TNQ? Oh, it's huge. It's <laughs> it was, spread like wildfire. Yeah. I know, man. And it, I'm still getting Everybody wants a conspiracy. And, yeah, they do. Yeah. They, so quite frankly, uh, it, um, it got to a place where when we started this, when, because Melanie approached me, we were at a, we were at a charity softball event in Austin, where was, I forget where it was. It was near, outside Houston almost five years ago in the fall. And, and and Melanie is Marcus Luttrell's beautiful, lovely wife. Yep. She's an amazing person. Uh, she definitely got all the brains in that relationship. Love you, Marcus. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we all know that Marcus is literally, he drags his knuckles below the dirt. But. <laughs> no. <laughs> he like tills the earth when he walks. I'll just punch you in your I, I fucking think, face. Yeah. But, but this is the scary thing. I think I'm the only human being on the planet that actually knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's funny, man. I we that we They approached me and they're like, hey, we want to do a show together. And so it's took us about six months to get it up and running and we got it and we started it and it just was crazy i mean by the end of our first show dropped june uh third or sixth of of 16 our i think our first show was with uh was nick uh pomiciano from ranger up and by january or by the december itunes had nominated us as one of the top 30 for 2016 and we were like holy shit uh, this is, this is big. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, because the wizard had, was still deploying, 
our our recording schedule was was different. You know, he'd go overseas for a certain time, come back, and he'd immediately come out to Marcus's ranch where we recorded the show, and we would spend anywhere from ten to fourteen days, and we'd pack ten fifty. Beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, by the way, there, Ray. That is true talent, man. True talent. So we would spend 10, 15 days. Uh, <laughs> I just pissed in a water so, bottle. So, so I would listen to David about that's doing it myself. Legitimate, dude. I, I, yeah. You're the man, bro. Hey, how disrespectful would it be to stop, brother? Well, all I did was I show mean, you respect. I, yeah. I got pissed that, dripping down my leg right now, but I don't I care. I literally know and feel that. But, but, and what I'm thinking is the logistics and, and would my readers be able to do it? Would I miss it? I'm, I, I don't think I have the talent anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm, I ran you're not, out of talent. You're not Irish. Keep going. <laughs> it fits right in that little hole. Uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, you know, we get into this thing and, man, it was unbelievable. I mean, and then we started, the response we started getting back from first people was, it was really just, uh, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, one year, our third year in, we had eight emails that we got that year uh, from people that wrote in and said, um, I was in the process of committing suicide and um, I didn't because the show popped up. And there was one in particular, a police officer. <sighs> wow. wow. Was went out. He 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 worked it up. He was struggling with a bunch of stuff. Bunch of buddies had died. He he went out into a tree stand. He had his gun. He sat down. He was drinking. He was freezing. He he pulled his gun out. He was about ready to do it. And he had had the show on alert when a new show would drop. And all of a sudden, it pops up and starts playing. And the guy doesn't commit suicide because he listens to the show. And so we were receiving these things and it was unbelievable because of this training schedule, because of the wizard's training or deployment schedule, we would literally go, I'd go for a week and a half, two weeks at a time to get all of our episodes in that we could drop. And then, you know, right before he redeployed, he'd come back, we'd do the same thing again. So I ended up, it worked out to where I was spending almost, almost three months a year in Houston recording the show. Um, and because, you know, with my speaking schedule as well too, doing 40, 50 a year, um, I, I hit a point where it was like, I wasn't home. And so last, uh, almost, uh, almost two years ago, I met my fiance at a school function, fell madly in love. She has two daughters. I have two daughters. Uh, they moved in last uh, no, a year ago, November, and I and, and next thing I know, the the month they moved in, I was gone for three weeks out of that month, and it hit me. Yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it should have. Yeah, and it should have. I get you, brother. That's yeah. why I stopped doing. We had this conversation before. I yeah, stopped I'm, doing what I did, and I love it. You know what? I love that you put family first, right? My four F bombs, family, fitness, finance, faith. But on that note, I got to ask you something. Ray, faith needs to go first, buddy. Well, I use faith as believing in myself and religion, but I put it at the bottom because it's the foundation of everything oh, that I stem I off love of. It. So Belay I do it. Last. Yeah, it's Belay the it's, last, it's the root to my tree of my family tree. That's why I do that. <sighs> yeah. So you want to try to get a little Wait, intellectual yeah, contact? You said yeah. he wasn't as smart. You said yeah. he was. You said he was he's a knucklehead. A, uh, he's dude. a sleeper, bro. I just <laughs> he's a sleeper. 
I just act pretty, just but I'm hides, smart. He just hides behind that shit. So I want to ask you something, okay? Team Frog, Frog uh, I can't say it. Your company is taking off. Team Frog Logic, okay? Yeah. You are fucking crushing it right now. And you are focusing on your family and your company right now. Um, can you close in, a, in about a minute? I want to go over your five components of Frog Logic because I know what they are. And I want you to briefly touch on them so the audience knows who you are, what you're doing, and how you plan to implement this into what I like to say, just the world of your boom. So obviously, uh, forging self-confidence. Uh, uh, let's start with that real quick. Go. You got about 20 seconds. Tell me what that means. So forging self-confidence is a way for people to recognize that every day that negative insurgency is going to pummel them, whether it's rejection, whether it's getting shut down in a sales call, whether it's uh, uh, a relationship, mm. whether it's uh, mm. uh, not meeting their physical, mental, spiritual requirements. So we have to have a process to rebuild it every day. I love it. And so it's eight missions in order to rebuild that 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 whole thing and to get you back and have that self-confidence. So when you do face those great challenges, you're not randomly hoping on on an old Motley Crue song or an old GNR song for your motivational triggers. You actually have a focused approach to get back in, right? It's a lot like uh, the the when you in the project, you guys have a series of a sequence of events. Mm -hmm. Jay with getting off the new stuff he's coming out with his new book and getting off the X, man. It's the same concept behind that to give people a step by step process and mission orientation in order to forge that self confidence. Okay, number two is, I, I think the three of us can understand this. Live the team life. Can you expand on that? Yeah. So what I, when it all started, you know, I, the self-confidence piece was first because I wanted to work with kids ages eight to 15. And then when I went to work for the client, um, is when, and for two years I trained, you know, case officers to go overseas and, and in them, it was like, initially it was like, man, I thought I was going to teach them. And then they started teaching me and they taught me how to be more cerebral in terms of, how people uh, on an individual basis uh, relate to themselves to their various cultural orientations, right? And that's really where we're the most vulnerable because, you know, I got to work with these insane interrogators and these guys were like, all right, you don't, you don't shove a gun down somebody's face in order to get the information. What you do is you befriend them, develop rapport, and then you pull the pieces apart, right? You pull the strings of what, what really makes us tick as human beings. And so the, the core root of all that is our team orientation. And we feel that like it's second nature. And so what I wanted to do, again, is create really a foundation of what these ideas. And so there are four missions within living a team life that people can focus on and apply and define in order to elevate their standards of what that team orientation looks like. I love it. Number three, embrace the fear. Embrace fear. So when, when, what happened was I developed frog logic and I had developed or, or forging self-confidence and then it was team life. And then when I, my second deployment, um, uh, you know, overseas, I was doing onesies, twosies when I'd come home and I remember doing an event and somebody just, it was like this question, were you afraid going overseas? Were you afraid? And you know, my initial response and you typical one was, yeah, you tried driving around in a countryside with 25 million landmines in a dune buggy you're going to be afraid, right? Somebody shoots at your head, you're going to be afraid. There's nothing you can do. Fear is, we're wired for it. It's a part of us, our existence. And I, and I had that biological knowledge from being a corpsman, right? I understood the limbic system. I understood why the functionality of the amygdalas, how they work through, you know, all the different components and regions of the brain, how they can override your prefrontal cortex. And so I was like, but we don't spend 
any time in our lives actually learning and understanding what our fear really is, Mm -hmm. where it comes from, and how to manage it, right? Because that's what really managing the pain of life is about, is about keeping fear in a way to where it doesn't destroy us, but it actually becomes those driving forces. Your father, my emptiness, you know, Jay, you know, deciding early on, this was what I needed to do. This was my career path. If I didn't do it, I wasn't going to achieve this in my life. So all those are rooted in fear. So I, I, I did a truckload of research for about three years and then and came up with the five missions to learn how to embrace your fear. Number four, the fourth component, live with purpose. Oh, man. And to, to ca- you know, caveat off of Jay's, you know, earlier statements, you know, there, there are two main questions we have to ask ourselves on an ongoing and regular basis. And, and I learned this from uh, one of my favorite books in the world is, is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah, great and, book. You know, when you, when you are in a concentration camp in, in Auschwitz or Dachau where he ended up, you know, you, you're decimated of all preconceived notion of dignity, of, of relevance, of meaning, of anything, because you're just surrounded by mutilation and evil and chaos and all this stuff. So, but he was able to, you know, forge through that nightmare, really the, the, the most dark, the darkest component of our existence by, by love, right? And that became his purpose was to find and figure out who he loved, what he loved, how he loved, and to never let that go. So that led me on to say, well, you know, and people all the time were like, why would you run into gunfire? Why did you do it? And, you know, my answer was always, uh, that was our purpose. That was what our meaning was. But when you don't have a mission like that, what are you supposed to do? And so I, I said, all right, well, how do we get people towards recognizing that even if they're not sure which pathway to follow in life, as long as they set out on the journey and they root that journey and they step with love every day, they'll eventually find that purpose. And that's why there's five missions to, to learn how to live with purpose. Amen. And number five, the last one, team culture. Yeah. So this has been the big buzzword over the last, you know, and I'm sure you guys hear it all the time with, you know, working with different organizations or who you're working with. We want the culture of the Navy SEALs. You know, how do, how do I turn my guys into the Navy SEALs of this, right? How often, and, and the joke is, oh, that's easy. Uh, just give me, you know, a telephone pole, uh, a, a boat filled with ice water, and let me beat the holy living shit out of you for seven straight months, <laughs> right? And, and that's just not realistic for anybody in any way or any shape or any form. But yet, we culture's the essential component. And so uh, I, I said, all right, I don't really know that much about how culture evolves. So I found this brilliant guy named Dr. Gert Hofstede, who's this Dutch guy. And he's interviewed over 10,000 organizations in every country in the world. And he wrote this really brilliant book called Software for the Mind, right? And it's a, it's a complete deep dive into national and organizational culture, uh, uh, how the, the pillars of how those are defined from every, everywhere around the world. And I read this and I was like, whoa, this is it, right? This is, and he, def, he decides, defines culture as the collective programming of the mind, right? Where multiple groups of people or a few people get together and through a, a, a series or sequence of events, they come up with a certain a collective mindset. Well, in our world, that mindset is a derivative of the application of pain. And so what I did is said, all right, well, is your culture 
readily applying positive pain in your lives. Because when you look at ours through the, the, the behavioral lens of operant conditioning, what you find is that they build our great culture by putting us in perpetual pain, right? Because combat is pain in every way, shape, or form, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So what I just came up with these, basically these seven concepts or ideas on a flow to get your team through the application of pain and this sequence of events to get to the place where once again, you're rooted in that great sense of love. Now, and, and Jay, I, I know you can speak to this. When, when, when those guys came running out to get you, man, why did they do it? They did it because they loved you. Yep. Right, because they Amen. loved you, yeah. and they didn't want to see you die. They were willing to take fire themselves because they love you. And the same thing for you, Ray. There's, there's nothing I know you wouldn't do for your children and for your wife because you love them. And that's Amen. the culture. That's the great culture. So that's Frog Logic. That's awesome, wow. man. So, dude, dropping bombs of knowledge. So, <laughs> Dave, right now, I guarantee there are people out there like, dude, that is. Where do we find you? We want this guy. So Dave, give everyone your contact info, info. Where can they find more of you? And where can they find a lot of people that don't know who don't follow him? And Dave kind of alluded to this earlier. He studied poetry and he is a phenomenal writer, man. He <laughs> writes- His daily doses incredible, are incredible. Dude, yeah. Thanks, and sometimes, dude, I will admit I'm blown away by him. And sometimes I'm like- Holy shit. Sometimes this I call Jason so and go, what the hell does that mean? Because I don't even know they have these fucking words. He, he breaks so, it down, but it's beautiful. Oh, so, thanks, Dave, bro. tell everybody where they can find you yeah. and follow you. Where can companies hire you? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, 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 my website is teamfroglogic.com. On there, there's you know the list of all the Frog Logic concepts. My podcast is loaded there called the Frog Logic Podcast, which you can listen on every platform that's out there. Um, and by the way, you guys, we got to schedule you. I need to get each one of you individually so we can really break down and, and get into your perspective on the human condition. Probably, Ray, you'll go last because I, I, need, I need the right prep time through Jay tonight to know what questions I got to ask. <laughs> and then, and then uh, so I hate him. You can. <laughs> And, and 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 then you can find me on all social media uh, platforms at Team Frog Logic. I'm mostly on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Facebook. Still, I don't know why, but I'm still there. And and Twitter. <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of us ask that question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's brutal, man. It's brutal. So that's where I'm at, gents. Well, brother, it's been amazing. I love your message of relentless positivity, countering yeah. the the negative insurgency that's out there. Dude, I absolutely applaud you also, Thanks, you know, bro. for making that really hard decision. You know, you were part of a nationally, nationally ranked podcast and you said, you know what, man? It's not worth it. It's not worth it because my family is more important. And that's a huge message for so many of you out there. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier. None of that shit, none of those accolades, none no. of those, none of that money in your bank account. All those things are great. But if your family's not there with you, it ain't going to matter in the end. You don't have anything. And yep. what the beautiful aspect of it is, is, is when I, you know, when I, when I told them it, it what's remarkable is, is, you know, Marcus still texts me, he, you know, about once every couple of weeks and he's going, just checking in how you, and, and for a long time, I, I was very worried about launching my next show. I was very worried about what people would think and whether or not they thought there was a feud or some craziness. And, 
And man, it was really in a space where, you know, I worried about that. And I remember Marcus sent me a text this summer and he's like, hey, Rod, man, you, you know, you got to get out there. The world needs your positivity. And it was really this beautiful sense of, of relief and, and confidence that, you know, this incredible human being that I spent so many hours with and I have so much deep love was like, hey, man, just go for it and get out there and do what you got to do. And it, it's just uh, it's it just speaks volumes as, as to the, the, their character and who he is. And, and I'm just so blessed to have been a part of it. And, you know, everybody go check it out. Marcus is doing amazing shows. He's had some incredible ones on recently. Uh, and, uh, you know, and yeah, also with you it. guys. Yeah, I, mean, I, your show I thought you were talking about me. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, before before I hop off, I, I just want to say to you guys, um, uh, I know how hard it is. And I think what a lot of people that are listening, uh, they uh, they see us as as they, you know, all, almost just because of the trident, we're almost up on this pedestal. But every day is a grind for us. Every day is hard. Every day we're having to reprove ourselves to our families, to our friends, and to the world around us. And in a world where, you know, there are, you know, literally probably 75 SEALs out there speaking and training and, and on podcasts and all this stuff, it's almost, it's almost inundated of, with, with stuff that, you know, almost becomes uh, redundant on the messaging. But I got to tell you guys, um, I'm so proud to know both of you. I think both of you are doing it at the very top up there. Um, you know, just the ideas themselves to overcome and conquer. It, it made my heart just sing when you guys joined up and you started doing it together. And there's just, it's such a, a beautiful uh, relationship. And it also inspires me every day to keep driving on that it's worth the fight. It's worth the haters. It's worth it to just, yep. you know, get out there and to spread that message of positivity. Thank you guys. I love you so much. Man. Amen. Yeah, brother. Brother. Much, much love right back at you. Same, man. It's all about the grind. We always got to grind. So you've got to overcome and conquer. Yeah, baby. All right. So Mr. David Rutherford himself, Frog Logic. For those of you definitely follow him, go to his website and we're going to wrap things up. I mean, that's, that's, man, this has been an amazing show talking about family, talking about positivity. So, uh, producer Ryan, that's, uh, I think we're going to, I think it's great. It. Yeah. yeah. You can't, no, you can't been, top this no, I, unless I did something, but I'm not going to. So Dave, can we see your penis? You ju I just don't, peed he, in the bottle. He will pull it out. Uh, don't, don't hang on. We got to put the zoom on. We got to put the zoom on. Get your magnifying glass. It's cold in here. It's cold. Thank you, Jay. So, Thank you. That yeah. was a song. Jason, you know that's not true. We were in the same fucking boat crew. You know that's not true, even when it was cold. Yeah, it was, I felt like I constantly had a pencil. I felt like I constantly had a Three pencil seals, in my lower back. One mission. <laughs> The tendencies arise. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Overcome and Conquer Show. I am Jason Overcome Redman. And I am Ray Cash Care. And we are out. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer Show. Tune in next time. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes. Please visit overcomeandconquer.com. The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The Project is for men that have lost their eternal flame and motivation to conquer. 
It is for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks the excitement and purpose. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Boom.